0: The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Shure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to shure-foundation.org. This morning is is based on our lesson from from Mark chapter 6, and we're going to pick it up there at verse 45. So if you're listening in at home... uh, you can grab your Bibles and open up there. And if you're with me here in the church, we're right there on page 8. And I'm going to ask you to please stand out of respect for the words and works of Jesus. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Last week, we started a new sermon series called Miracles in Mark. It's real simple. We're going to be looking at miracles of Jesus in the gospel of Mark. And it fits perfectly for the season of epiphany where God, little by little by little, reveals himself to us in Christ. You might think that that I'm just pulling miracles out of a hat, so to say. Like like last week, we we looked at two miracles in one. You might think, well, what, what's the method in his madness? And I'm going to tell you today, there is a method to my madness. We're looking at what we might call miracles that 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 are representative, that are that are categorical. So. So last week, in other words, Jesus is going to show his power and control over every single category of our life. Last week, we, we saw that he has power over sickness and death. Without a doubt, he, he showed that to us. We're, we're going to see later in this sermon series that he has power over the demon world, over, over the invisible world, the spiritual world that we cannot see. We'll see that. Um... Today, we're going to look at another miracle. And it, it, it's categorical. It's, it's representative in this sense. We're going to see that, that Jesus has power over all creation. He's the one that made it. He's the one that, that holds it together and sustains it. it. It's a categorical miracle. Earlier in Mark, I chose this one specifically because this one's a level up. Like earlier in Mark, we saw Jesus speak to the wind and the waves. You know that one? He speaks to the wind and the waves, and and immediately, boom, the wind and the waves are obedient like a good dog. They sit down, and they're quiet. This one's a level up, because Jesus takes his whole body. I mean, think of it. He takes his whole body, and he walks on the water, step after step after step. He he puts his 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 feet and his weight on something that should not should should not support him and and it holds him up because he is the Lord of creation. It's, It's a categorical miracle. And yet, as amazing as this miracle is, do you notice what Mark is most interested in? This is unique. Last week, Mark makes no interpretive comment. Last week, he's not interested in the disciples' response at all. But today, look at the end. He makes this comment. He says, For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. That's his move. Like, He he wants to not only look at, yes, he wants to look at this amazing miracle of Jesus, but he wants and he is concerned most about your response to it. Do you believe that Jesus walks on water or is your heart hard? Because that's a thing. That you can look at the holy and the sacred at a Christ moment and your heart can be hardened. Like normally, the, the, the paradigmatic person when we talk about heart hardening is Pharaoh. Right? It's Pharaoh. Like miracle after miracle after miracle and plague after plague after plague. And, and Pharaoh looks at it like a cow. He's dead to it. And his heart was hard. And then there's the Pharisees, like the enemies of Jesus. They, they, they hear about what he does. They see what he does. And what happens? Their hearts are hard. And now here, and this ought to wake us up, the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, they experience a miracle of Jesus and their hearts are hardened. Like actively, the verb. If I was going to be a grammar geek, and sometimes I am with you, like the verb, you can. Say, it's a perfect. So, so it's an active process of hardening. You could. They had heart disease. You could think of it like that. It's an organic process. They had heart disease where um, it's actually called, in the medical community, they call it arteriosclerosis. That comes from the Greek too. Arteriosclerosis, in other words, the cholesterol and and, um, the fats that you eat, it begins to build up and it begins to, there it is, harden your hearts. It's an organic process. And the disciples, they were were in the middle of that. I had a pastor friend who who hardened his heart physically. He he thought that he he was so busy that that the only thing that he could do at lunch was go to McDonald's. So he would would scarf down McChickens and Big Macs, and and sometimes he made it to Burger King, and he would eat a Whopper. and, and And then he got into his 50s, and you know what happened to him? His heart got hard. And he suffered what the doctors call the widowmaker. The widowmaker. Triple bypass surgery. Arteriosclerosis, is a, it's a thing. It's a spiritual thing. And here's the, th- here's the scary part. This is the scary part. Like, look, the, the, the think about what the disciples are consuming. It, like, we can do this spiritually, but Mark's not talking about it. Well, but we can do this. We can consume things that are bad for us spiritually. Like, I, I talked to a friend recently, and he told me that he wasn't sleeping well. And so what he figured out was what he needed to do is stop watching two hours of Netflix before bed. I mean, think about, think about the things that, that we're consuming spiritually before we go to bed, like, like all the political commentary and the sexual content and the violence, and it's no wonder then that we don't sleep well. That can happen. But that's not what's happening here. The disciples are consuming, you might say, spiritually the Holy and the sacred. Like they, they saw Jesus take a few fish and some small loaves and feed the 5,000 and that hardened their heart. And then they saw Jesus walk on water and it got a little bit hard. It's like these little lashes around their hearts are growing and growing and growing and hardening and hardening and hardening. There was, and A novelist put it this way. This is from George MacDonald. He says, nothing is so deadening to the divine as the habitual, this is, this is so deep, the habitual dealing with the outsides of holy things. So you look at something holy and sacred, you look at Jesus feeding the 5,000, you're dead to it. You look at bread and wine instituted by Jesus and you see just bread and wine. You're dead to it, the reality of it. You you, you, you look at Jesus Christ proclaimed as crucified and risen for you and you're like, who cares? You're dead to it. It's a thing And if this this hardening continues, if it continues, you die. Now, can God save you from it? Yes! (laughs) Yes! Can it be reversed? Yes! Should you take it lightly? God, no. In in fact, what what Mark wants to reveal to us this morning is is the symptoms of this hardening of heart. And and I want to show that to you with this story. I mean, It's a very simple story, actually. It's a a basic narrative where where Jesus, he, he takes the disciples and he puts them in a boat. And he says, go to the other side. So they start rowing only it's windy out. Like, there's no reason to believe that, 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 that they think they're going to die, but look, it's hard work. They're rowing and rowing and rowing, and the, wa- the waves are big, and, and they got to go a few miles across the lake, and they're getting tired. It takes them hours. And then Jesus decides that he's going to catch up. And he decides that what he wants to do is encourage the disciples. Step, step, He walks on water for miles, step, step. And he means to pass them by. He wants wants to encourage them. He wants the disciples to look at him and there is my God. He's come down for me. And even though it's hard to row, he is with me. He's walking on water. He knows what's best for me. That's what he wants. But they look at it and they're like, oh my God, it's a ghost. And they're terrified. I want to do a little bit of spiritual analysis about what's happening there. What, what does this hardening look like? And I want to, first of all, look at their, the cognitive dissonance that they're suffering. Like, look, I, I, I would love to take a whole lot of time and talk to you about ghosts this morning. It, wouldn't that, And to unravel for you, like, is are ghosts real? And, and the spiritual reality of angels and demons and all those different things. Well, we can't do that. I'm going to talk like a fool for a second an absolute fool. None of what I'm going to say for just a second is true. But what if it was true that there was ghosts and we lived in this superstitious world? Here's what I tell you about ghosts then. Ghosts can't walk on water. Vampires, I'm being ridiculous right now. Vampires can't take the sun. They can't. Like, if they come out in the sun, we know, like, we know, we know that they're going to melt. And and witches, when it rains, the witches can't take, they will melt in the rain. And ghosts, ghosts, you know what they say, according to superstitious doctrine, ghosts, if you want to get away from a ghost, you know what you're supposed to do? Go sit in the ocean. They don't do water. (laughs) Do you see, do you see... How ridiculous is this? Like, they had just seen Jesus do this incredible miracle of changing, uh, uh, of, of feeding the 5,000. And cognitively, they should have been like, this, this is a more reasonable thing. Oh, that must be Jesus right there. That's a reasonable thing to think. And yet, what they, they, they leap cognitively to the absurd. It must be a ghost. heart hardening you don't even think straight your mind is closed and ossified and and petrified fossilified but there's a second symptom here and the second sy- sy- symptom here is radical emotional swings look at that they were terrified they reverted back. These disciples, they reverted back to their childhood. They're, they're screaming like a little boy. Ah! That's what it says. And then they swing to the other extreme and they have this un, sort of unchristian, ungodly amazement. Oh my goodness, he walked on water. Radical emotional swings. If you want to know, Two symptoms of heart hardening then is this: is ask yourself this question. This is like WebMD. If you want to know if you have spiritual arterial sclerosis, you got to ask yourself first this question: does, does my mind leap to absurd conclusions rather than leap to the to to the, to the solid and good and healthy and reasonable conclusion that my God loves me and He's come into my life? Because so many people, they 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 they, they have closed minds. They actually, their minds are just shut down. Like they're going to believe in scientism or superstition. going to they're going to believe everything that they've always believed instead of, like, taking a second to think. Could it be? Could it be that these stories that we read in the Bible aren't just fables? But God really did break into the world in Christ. Because if you're shut down to that possibility, then your mind is closed and you're suffering from hardness of heart. The second thing that you need to realize that, that, where you can diagnose the symptoms is, is your emotional swings. Like, like, ask yourself this question. When events come into your life, do you leap to the very worst conclusions? And you think, well, this is out of God's control. That, that's it for me. In other words, you, you look at, at somebody walking on water. Like, it's a ghost and it's over for me. Terrified. Or, or do you base your response on the truth that my God walks on water? He died for me and loves me. And he's with me in this. i'm not I'm not saying that we're not going to feel scared sometimes or say, but maybe just maybe we're not going to have these radical swings, right of of being, on the fear scale, a ten, we need to be able to discern these symptoms of spiritual hardening. So now now that we've seen, now that we've seen what spiritual hardening can look like and and we've seen some of the symptoms of it, We're ready for the cure. We're ready for the cure. And the cure doesn't come from you. You're probably not surprised to hear me say, it It doesn't come from you. It comes from Jesus. Like, here we have these disciples, they they have these these hardened hearts and and they're in this process of hardening. And what does Jesus do? Is he like, I'm done with you. You had your chance. I'm moving on to find some other disciples whose hearts aren't so hard. What does he do? He walks up to the boat, takes a detour from his plan, and he gets into the boat, and he says, do not fear. It is I. He stays with the hard-hearted. He stays with them. He teaches them. He suffers for them. He dies for them. He rises for them. And in the end, because He just has no quit in Him, He gives to them by His Spirit a fleshy heart. I'm here today to let his call on you to hear and to see, to hear him say, It is I. It is I who made the world. It it is I who parted the seas. It is I. Who spoke from the burning bush? It is, it is I who raised the little girl from the dead. It is I who, who healed the woman hemorrhaging for 12 long years. It is I who fed the 5,000. It is I who die for you and rise for you. I'm here. Take courage. And with this word and this presence, he, he breaks down that hardness that spiritual cholesterol and the fats and he gives to us he gives to us a new heart my prayer this morning is that you would leave not with a hard heart with a closed mind but with an open one open to the possibility and the reality that Jesus is lord and savior that, that your heart instead of hardening would, would be softened that there would be movement there and creativity and you would say wow there he is that you would not believe the absurd and that you would base your, your emotional life on his promises and presence